1: Our call to confession this morning comes from Psalm 1, verses 1 through 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. This first psalm begins with an exclamation. Blessed is the man, laying out for us the true state of every person who sets about delighting in and meditating on the law of God. Our meditation on God's law serves to reform our thinking, focusing our thoughts on the magnitude of his goodness and the true blessedness of being called a child of God. The believer who is found in Christ grows in knowledge as he studies God's word, being led by the spirit, hence God's blessing is upon him as he pursues heavenly wisdom. The blessed man is contrasted with the multitude who pursue earthly wisdom, wisdom from below that is born out of hearts, full of jealousy and selfish ambition. A buildup of tensity is seen in the psalm as sinful men move from walking in the counsel of the wicked to then standing in the way of sinners and then finally sitting with the scoffers, ultimately settling into their sins with unrepentant hearts. This admonition by the psalmist draws our attention to the ease with which we fall into the enticements of sin. By the grace of God, and in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he gives us the power to repent of our sins and to turn our full attention and delight to the meditation of his law. The final condition of those two groups is laid out as the wicked are swept away like chaff at the end of the psalm, but the righteous are planted by streams of living water and are known by God. As believers in Christ, may we seek to grow in our own delight in God's law and continue in meditation on it day and night. This reminds us of our need to confess our sins.
2: Thank you for having me here. At Magandang Umaga. If you wonder what is my greeting is it's good morning in our language tagalog but by the way our dialects in the philippines back in my home country we have 107 dialects would you imagine that 107 dialects and if you ever be in the philippines you probably will be talking to a person who has two three languages in his head so And we have 7,107 islands in the Philippines. It depends if it's high tide or low tide. (laughs) Some are uninhabited. And so privileged to be here. I've been to uh, three or four churches already since I came here about uh, a month ago. And it's the reason why I came Earlier, is that uh, the time here and in my country is totally opposite. So right now, if it's 10 a.m., there is 10 p.m. But some of my classes, uh, two of my classes, by the way, it's in the afternoon. So it's 1.30 p.m. here. It's 1.30 a.m. in the Philippines. So some of my professors are really gracious. And instead of only having one break, we got three Three breaks now in the afternoon. Maybe worrying out if, if I'm having this time of... Uh, but thank, thank the Lord that uh, my body is uh, fully adjusted. And one of the churches that I've been to is I used to work with with few churches down in Detroit. The second Sunday that I spoke is a church where I used to work last 2010 and 2011. But I've just been there for around one year to work with the culture of the Filipino-American here in the United States while they are working here, as normally as nurses in the medical fields and in engineering. So I've, I've been here in, in this area of Michigan last 2010 and 2011. So, yeah, I appreciate uh, CREC, Pastor Jeff Swanson, as he hosted me, and now Pastor Steve. And uh, let's turn our Bible to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. And uh, yes, rightly so, this is a benediction verses. And interestingly, this benediction verse says, is in the middle of the epistle written by none other than Apostle Paul. And I will read the verse to you, if you mind, if you uh, stand up please for the reverence in reading the word of God in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. So what is in the benediction? As I've said that this verses is interestingly in the middle of the epistles of ephesians somewhat like a climaxes or climax as paul expressed the overwhelming power that god has given to the church and he gives glory to him because for the reason that the first half of this epistle is doctrinal theological In the first three chapters, emphasizing the New Testament doctrines uh, with the sovereignty of God, election, and uh, in chapter 2, the the depravity of man. And we can also find one of the most popular verses among those who adhere to the salvation by grace, through faith, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And then the last three chapters... Would be practical and focus on the attitudes, the ethics, and actions of Christians. So Apostle Paul put this in the middle of this wonderful epistle as to end up and to proclaim that God and his glory be revealed to his church. So, I have the privilege of studying in a Korean Presbyterian seminary back in my country. And I, what I found out, during the Korean War, or before the Korean War, only about less than 5% of Christianity in South Korea. But then after that, they have this, revivals all over the nation but during that period of the Korean War and after the Korean War where there are shortage of food and everything their greeting is somewhat like they would say to a person that they meet a fellow Korean that they meet Anyo which is maybe in our context we would just say "Kumusta, ka? Kumusta? This also in Spanish. It's the same way in the Philippines we say komusta. In this country we say how are you? But then as we deeply understand the context of the greetings, it is not just saying how are you or Kumusta? or komusta or anyong asayo in, in Korean. It's that they are asking you if you have you eaten because of the massive shortage of food. In the land, and then eventually they will say a benediction to a person that they meet, to a full fellow Korean that they meet. And interestingly, that they are generally Buddhist country, but they they have reached as faster as as we can do as a nation. We are a Roman Catholic nations, generally. And we have just only around 10% of Christianity. But in South Korea, where they are almost Buddhism during the Korean War and right after the Korean War, now they reach the 40% of Christianity. And one out of five, if you ask South Koreans, one out of five of them are Reformed Presbyterians. 20% 20% Why is that happened so quick in a, in a span of 50 60 years Whereas the Christianity in the Philippines Is more than 100 years now And by the time That the first reformed Presbyterian Came to the Philippines That was right after The, uh, the Spanish Colonization That ended up in 1898 So the following year the American missionaries came over there and we have more than 100 years of Christianity, I would say, but we haven't reached the mark of more than 10% in generally in the entire nation of our country. Why? And I would say that our oral tradition is not just the same as the Koreans because we have more than superstition than benediction is sad fact because that's what's happening and keep keep on doing it so that's why i wanted to share with you the importance of the benediction and how it affects our living as a christian you you might say that this is just a closing prayer that you might say that this is just a part of the worship service as a form of doxology but that's not how simple is this this is not just a closing prayer on the other hand it is God's response to our prayer to our worship because it's not human speaking to God it is God is speaking to us we are not just listening to the minister while he prayed but to God is speaking to us directly and for this reason, that the benedictions come from the scriptures. As the pastor, as God's ambassador, we have all this privilege and responsibility as we announce God's blessings. But it does not originate from us. When we speak benediction, it is from the scripture. As a minister, we are only messengers. And stewards of his blessings and grace. And we stand on Christ's behalf to announce what he has declared in his word. And it's not presumptuous as others would might think. But it is declaring the blessing and to think that God would bless us. And this is precious promises of God to us, his church. So a benediction is designed to send the church on their way as when we come here in procession to the sanctuary to worship and for worship service itself the benediction is designed to send off the church on their way with the blessing of god after the service so it is declaring god's divine blessing help guidance peace to his people so what is doxology so doxology is an expression of our praise to God and this is in, maybe in the form of words of verses, a group of verses to glorify him and normally it is at the end of the text delighting and admirations of the glory of God we we do it in in the highest form that's why we have music so we put we put a tune to the words that god has given to our lips so that we can proclaim the praises and glory and majesty and exaltation to god in numbers chapter 6 verse 24 to 26 i will just mention some of those benedictions that our church are declaring to our people the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord makes his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace I mean Jude 24 and 25 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through jesus christ our lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all time now and forever amen and the benedictions that you have been just selected is in second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of the father and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all so pastors have this privilege we have this opportunity, I would say, of announcing prayerfully and the divine blessings on the people of God as they scatter from the place of corporate worship. The benediction is often announced simply by quoting scriptures and by declaring God's blessings and grace to His people. And we are to be reminded that who God is. I'll mention some of His attributes here, that is our familiar with you all. Number one is God is omnipotent. What do you mean by the word omnipotent? So the prefix is omni. It means originate in the Latin word means all. So potent is uh, just he is sovereign. So it means God is omnipotent. He is sovereign in all things. Now to him. Look at our verse. Who is able to do far more abundantly. Have you seen? We rarely can see those superlatives right next to each other. But just to describe who God is, his omnipotency, is that he is able to do far more abundantly. His omnipotence and power is what Paul is emphasizing here. Reverend Barnard said, prayer does not change things. He's right. Because God changes things, not prayer. Omnipotent power of God. Not to studying prayer, but to learn about God who answers prayers. A good prayer is God-centered. Prayer does not end until we give praise to God. In and we don't wait for an answer prayer to give praise to him right you should not wait for the answer to glorify god god is able to answer even your biggest request and this is wonderful statement about the nature of god the power of god and the character of god in jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17 ah lord god it is you who have made the heavens and the earth By your great power and by your outreach arm nothing is too hard for you and in Luke chapter 1 verse 37 for nothing will be impossible with God Luke chapter 18 verse 27 what impossible with men is possible with God so our text that the scripture is declaring God is able. It means that He, he is and He is. The, he has the ability to get things done. He has the ability to work according to His own intention and will. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, not and will be opened to you. God is able to do what you ask. And in number two, attributes is God is omniscient. So when we say God is omniscient, He knows all things. In Psalm 37:4, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And even in the gospel. When Jesus says that before we come to Him, He already knows what we need. He is able to do what you think. This is superlative, so Paul can explain the infinite power of God. At work according to the power within us. Power, what kind of power? The power to resist temptation, the power to obey God and His Word. To witness boldly and even to suffer joyfully just like what the south koreans had experienced during the korean war and he indwells us permanently by the holy spirit in romans chapter 8 verse 9 you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So He lives in us to have the strength to do God's will according to the power at work within us. It is good for us not to feel strong sometimes or at any time that we face face trouble and temptations. Yes, we can say, even Apostle Paul, when I am weak, then I am weak strong in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 all things work together for good to them who love God to them who are called according to his purpose so uh, to understand prayer is to pray for things that would bring glory to God and Paul says give God glory alone if you receive blessings Answered prayers, there is only one name to be thankful and be recognized. God's name alone. But sad fact is, recently, when I was in Muskegon, together with Pastor Jeff, and we were in this kind of festival that they say, Unity for Christ. Somewhat they have been doing that for the last 10 years or so. And then I sit on this one of these Uh, chair just an open field and then I tried to just understand what's going on because uh, I I saw a lot of uh, musicians up there and they have uh, ripped jeans and all these flashy lights and then uh, they started to just say the word like a Christian word maybe from the Bible, I'm not sure But then after a couple of hours waiting to experience and to receive the word, the food of my spirit and soul, a couple of hours left. And then it's like you are in a fine restaurant and then they handed you the soup and then you're waiting for the main course, maybe the dessert. But it didn't come. It's just the soup. Keep on coming. The soup keep on coming and you're starving. It's just there is famine in the land for God's word. In Romans eleven thirty six, For from Him and to Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. God deserves the glory. All power is from God. It is rightful to give all praises to Him. And in Psalm 115, verse 1, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Number three, last is God is omnipresent, omnipresent. When you say omnipresent, pretty much understand what it means since we have the first two. But this is another thing about the omnipresence of God. God is present everywhere, right? His his personal and emanating presence is what the Bible teaches. God is not totally immersed on things that He created, on the fabric of His creation and nature. Otherwise, we might be thinking this is pantheistic. He is present everywhere at all times. He is here with us. When we gather as God's people, He is in our midst. In Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. And the Bible reveals that God can be both present to us Christians in a manifest manner. In Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He is present in every situation, in all of creation, at any given time. In Psalm 33, verse 13 and 14, the Lord looks down from heaven, he sees all the children of man, from where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. And in Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8, "Where shall I go from Your Spirit? Where shall I flee from Your presence? If I ascend to heaven, You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, You are there." So the psalmist is saying that wherever I am, now you might say. Is God is also in hell? God, in his choosing, not to be present personally in a particular place, just like hell. It doesn't mean that he is not infinitely and eternally omnipresent. It doesn't mean that God is not there in hell. Because many people believe that God is absent in Shaol. Those who hate God will do everything they could so that God will not be there. But the problem is, God is there in hell with his judgment against those who hate him and the wicked in hell endure his everlasting anger that's in Revelation chapter 14 verse 10 so because god feels all things in his presence that's what colossians 1 says he is before all things and in him all things hold together likewise he is in heaven revealing every blessing That we will not be able to understand here on earth. And in Psalm 11, verse 4. Please turn your Bible to Psalm 11, verse 4. That's what the Lord gave to me this morning. The Lord is in His holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, His eyelids test the children man so the closest thing we could ever do here on this planet I would say that's somehow to grasp the inherent and personal and everlasting presence of God in our life is when we pray when we worship together when we break bread and drink the cup together with his people So ordinances like Lord's Supper is a vow of love that is done on purpose to produce mutual love among believers. It is to encourage Christians to thank the Lord and to be grateful. The center of Christian worship is God Himself, and whenever we partake of the Lord's table, it reminds us of God's presence in our lives. That means we celebrate His presence during the gathering of the Saints with joy and gladness in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places so God and his wisdom his presence his authority is recognized by all rulers, whether physical or spiritual authorities. And in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20, the church is the showcase of God's glory. When Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, he says that all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He bucked it up when he says. And go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's so much special to to say that words whenever we come to the other side of the world, like with the Philippines is on the other side of the United States. that them and say you poke a needle on that globe, the tip will come out. When you are in the United States and put up in, in uh, uh, the continent of the America, not just United States, but North and South America, and you pick a needle, and then the end of that needle becomes out in the Philippines. So how that's opposite, we are, even in the time zone. So that's the ends of the earth from here. This is the only doxology in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 21 that includes the church. Normally, the benediction that we have been read, reading with read here and all those benedictions that we have in the Old and New Testaments, normally it's addressed to the church. But this specific Doxology that we have today that I have been discussing with you is includes the church So what it does it mean the church is the platform for the glory of God in the world in Asia in Europe in America in Africa In all parts of the world. We are the trophies of God's amazing grace so we cannot have a high view of Christ and a low view of church at the same time. When you mention about the apostles' creed, it says there the Holy Catholic Church. By the way, in our in our apostles' creed, in our church, we alter the word Catholic, and maybe you understand what it means, because otherwise they might say we are also Catholic Church. The strongest Catholic in whole of Asia is the Philippines. But in my city, which is one and a half hour down south of Manila, the biggest Catholic church in Asia is not in Manila, it's not even in China or India or any parts of Asia, it's in my city, Batangas City. The biggest Catholic church in Asia, Batangas Taal City. And the biggest statue of Mary, not in Asia, but in all of the world, is in my city too. Well, I would say Rio de Janeiro is better. They have Christ. We have Mary. So when we say the doxology and the and the benedictions that it is included in the church, it means all tribes, nations, and all tongues of the world. Will proclaim the name of Christ and be under his reign. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made himself of no reputations, and lived, and the same with the likeness of man. And being found in passion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross so wherefore god had highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name That in the name of jesus every knee should bow every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord for the glory of god the father so the priority is christ he is the shepherd we are his ship. So you can say, that I don't like the bride. So it means you don't like the groom too. He's the groom. We are the bride. The others see church has a low view. And then he said that I'm just following Christ. If you have the low view of church, that doesn't work that way. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us who is among us among us his people john chapter 12 verse 27 and 28 now is my soul troubled and what shall i say father save me from this hour father glorify your name then a voice came from heaven i have glorified it and i will glorify it again this is very special Because this is the third time only that the Father spoke about the Son and to the Son. The voice from heaven came. The first time is when he was baptized. And the second time is in the the transfiguration, at the Mount of Transfiguration. And then here it is in John 12, verse 27, 28. The Father again says something about the Son. Places his seal of approval upon Jesus' saving work. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So only God can give spiritual life to a dead soul. The description of the salvation of God to us is not that there is a boat and then we will throw to the sinner or the one drowning in an open sea or open water a flotation, and then he will grab that flotation, and then he is saved. That's not the picture of a sinner. The picture of a sinner is in the bottom of that sea or the bottom of that lake, dead, in skeleton. Unless the Lord breathes out the life out of this man, he's dead in his sin. So only God can give spiritual life, not the preacher, nor the pastor, only God. We do not not induce salvation. But God is the one who summoned the people, summoned this person to come to Him through the conviction of the Holy Spirit in His heart. So all this doctrine comes into climax. And the climax is in prayer of benediction for God's fullness so we can experience the supernatural work in answer to our prayers. That God's fullness will be our portion and praise for the glory of God. So let us give God glory forever. He deserves the glory alone. And you have received the biggest blessing. He deserves to be praised. And all God's people say, Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this audio recording from Christ Church of Livingston County. If you would like further information about anything in this recording, the Bible, about Christ Church of Livingston County, or wish to make any other related inquiry, please feel free to contact us through our website, ChristKirkMI.com That's c-h-r-i-s-t-k-i-r-k-m-i dot com Again, thank you and blessings.